Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Having It All podcast, the show about what it takes to live an abundant, loving life. My name is Matthew Bivens, and each week I'm helping you get out of your head so that you can truly have it all. Let's do it. What's going on, my awesome friend? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Having It All podcast. I am Matthew Bivens, your Balanced Lifestyle Coach. I just want to start off by saying thank you for showing up, hanging out, and joining me for today's conversation. This has been an awesome week. This has been such a cool week. I've done an episode every day. I've dubbed it Having It All Week, and we've covered so many different things, all these different topics. And really, my intention this week has been to create something for you all to keep you moving in the direction of your abundant, loving life. Because I know with the situation at hand and the global circumstance that is out there happening right now, that it is so easy to just be in the news, be caught up in the fear, to be thinking scarce in a scarce mindset, to just be worried, stressed, anxious, all that stuff. It's just, it's easy to be in your head right now. And that's not where your power lies. So I want to make sure that when you tune into this program, that you're able to connect, get back in the center and keep things moving forward. So it's been a fun week and I am happy to cap it off with a very, very fun episode because today I'm talking to you all about how to start your own podcast. Yes, because I believe right now is such an awesome time to start a podcast. And not just because of, you know, the, the, the time that you might have on your hands right now, but also because of where podcasting is in general. It is a beautiful time to launch a show because the wave of podcast popularity, momentum, and the amount of resources being pumped into the podcast industry, it's just growing. Like this wave is nowhere near cresting. And we're at the beginning stages of it really starting to pick up steam. So this is an exceptional time to start a podcast. And today, I'm going to walk you through 
a process. I'm going to share with you ways to get your idea and formulate it into something clear and powerful for yourself. And I'm just going to talk to you about so many cool things related to podcasting. So I'm very excited about that. We got to kick things off, though, with some magical moments. Magical moments. Those are those moments in life where you influence yourself, you influence another person, or you influence life itself in an empowering way. And I love talking about magic because it keeps me grounded. It keeps me in the space of remembering how powerful I actually am, right? Because anytime that you influence self, others, in life, it's happening because of who you are being. It's happening because of your actions, how you're relating to things, or the thoughts that you're thinking. So I always just stress the importance of pausing, pausing, and reflecting on just one piece of magic that you've created. And so for today, my magic is what Sarah and I created last night, which was a beautiful, fun, sexy, intimate, just overall incredible date night. So this has been an an interesting week work-wise in our household. It's been, at times it's felt really long, and it's definitely been more demanding than Sarah and I were anticipating. And so, you know, we've had our, our ebbs and flows, those moments where we were feeling like powerful and present and energized, and those moments we were just feeling incredibly low. And so for us to to really be intentional last night of carving out time, making the time to connect was so magical. It really was. And we had just this really beautiful, connected, like hour-long conversation just standing in the kitchen, you know, sitting on the the kitchen counter, kind of like, you know, kids who are dating, just hanging out, had this really beautiful conversation. And then that led to us watching two episodes of that that Netflix series that everyone's talking about, Tiger King. Yeah, we're, we're all wrapped up in it too, just like the rest of the world. So we watched a couple episodes of Tiger King. And, um, and then we had some just total mind-blowing, needle-moving lovemaking. And that whole sequence, the whole evening that we created was absolutely magical. And it was created intentionally. And so that, to me, is magic that we were able to influence ourselves to put that evening together, given all the circumstances going on. And um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So beautiful. So right now, if you're feeling inspired, go ahead and pause the episode and reflect on a piece of magic that you've created. How have you influenced self, others, in life in an empowering way? I'm telling you, as you practice this and as your, your, your magic muscle grows, you're going to start to realize how many incredible things are happen, happening in your life all the time, all the time. And so truly, it is, it is a habit that I recommend everybody add to their tool belt, recognizing and acknowledging magic. So do that. And next, I'm going to talk about some listener love because today's episode really has has been put together in part thanks to some of you all. So I got to give a shout out to four people right now, Karen, Sasha, Hosa, and Mahesh. Thank all of you, or I thank all of you for engaging with me over in the Facebook group and letting me know that if I put together a, a, a podcast episode, you would be very interested in listening to it. So thank you all so much. I appreciate that. 
And, you know, this is, this might be, you know, part one of two, maybe three, who knows? Um, because I want you all to let me know if you'd like for me to do more episodes about podcasting, right? Because I've been doing this for such a long time and I can go really, really deep into podcasting. And if that's something you're interested in, let me know. Maybe it's another episode I do, or maybe I do um, some sort of live thing over on the, in the Facebook group or some sort of webinar, something like that. So if that interests you, let me know and I'll put it together. I absolutely will. So you can email me at Matthew at MatthewBivens.com or you can hit me, up, hit me up on Instagram at Matthew underscore Bivens. And just let me know if you want to receive some more podcast topics, some podcast episodes. Okay. Let's jump in, because I got a lot of stuff, and I'm going to do my very best to cover a whole lot of ground in this episode, in this conversation. But, you know, really, truly, honestly, right now is such an awesome, awesome, awesome time to start a podcast. It really is. And I can rave about podcasting from a couple of, of perspectives, from a person who listens all the time. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Mostly like entertainment shows, sports shows, things like that. But man, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I have been helping people to launch podcasts for almost as long as I've been podcasting myself. Because early on, I just connected with the magic of podcasting. And so I created a, you know, a whole other side business where I consult with organizations and companies and entrepreneurs and help them launch. So I've launched so many shows that I haven't hosted myself. And then the third way that I'm in podcasting is obviously as a host. I host this show. I host a show with my wife, Sarah, called Doing It at Home. I created a show. We haven't launched it yet, but I created a show with a buddy of mine, Mr. Paul Coliani. We created a show, you know, around men, like men conversations. And my very first podcast was called The Digital Marketing Guy, which you probably didn't even know I had, but that was the show before this one. So I have hosted almost four different podcasts. And I just, it is such an awesome way to share your message, share your voice, connect with people, right? Tell stories, build intimacy, build intimacy. And honestly, in a show like Having It All, it's been a really awesome way for me to practice what I preach. Meaning, I have led a lot of my soul out on this podcast. And on some episodes, it's been almost like a, an audio journal with me just sharing. And so, you know, being vulnerable, being courageous, being fully transparent, these are, these are things that I preach in my life. And, and that's, that's who I want to be. And so this podcast has been a way for me to practice that. So it's helped me to sharpen my own saw. And I'm just so enamored in podcasting and like I said before, it is such a great time to start a podcast, to start a podcast. So I looked up a couple stats, and in April of 2020, we're in April right now, there are just over 900,000 podcasts. So that might sound like a lot. You might be thinking, 900,000? That's I had no idea there was that many podcasts. Well, this might put it into perspective, because right now, there are over 600 million blogs. 600 million blogs. And so for a person who might be thinking of getting into podcasting from a business perspective to, to 
uh, grow their brand or establish a brand, podcasting is definitely where you want to be. These waters are far less crowded than the blogosphere or YouTube for that matter. There are so many YouTube channels and so many YouTube videos being uploaded daily. And all of those are competing for people's attention. So podcasting, even though it has 900K shows out there, that's not that many. That's not that many. And you know, as you're going to learn in a little bit, so many of those shows do not last. The hosts, they do what's called pod fade. Those shows fade away after a handful of episodes. And I'm going to talk to you about why that happens so that if you launch a show, you won't find yourself in the same boat. So I am, yes, I think I've made the case for, for, for why you, know, you should really be considering getting into podcast. And here's what I'm going to be covering today. I've talked to you a little bit about how podcasting has you know, my affinity for it, but I'm going to share a little bit about how it's actually shifted and impacted my life. Then I'm going to get into some myths because there's a lot of myths out there about what it takes to, to, to start a show. After that, I'm going to go into the process of what it takes to launch a podcast. Then I'm going to share with you some mistakes because having done this for over five years, helped launch so many podcasts and hosted so many, there's a lot of mistakes that I see people making. So I'm going to help you avoid mistakes. Then I'm going to give you a couple of pro tips from my experience, and then we're going to wrap this sucker up, all right? So podcasting, you know, my, my story in getting involved in podcasts, I'll, be, I'll share it really quickly. Back in 20, probably 15 now, I was heavy in doing blogs and creating video content and other social media content. My business partner and I had just finished writing a book, and he approached me with another project, and he said, hey, I think we should consider launching a podcast. At that time, the only podcasts I was aware of were NPR shows like This American Life. And I said, no. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to get into podcasting. It sounds like another uh, big commitment. I don't really want to be doing more content. I'm cool right now with my blogs and social media. So I said no the first time. But luckily, my business partner kept coming around and he asked me two more times. And it was on that third ask that I sat with it and I was like, you know what? what do I have to lose? Why not try something new? And from that moment on, I got into the world. And one of the coolest things that I found is so quickly, podcasts have this ability to connect in a heart level with people. Like the, the, the speed and effectiveness at which you can form an intimate relationship with an individual is, in my opinion, unparalleled. There's been no other medium that allows for that. And I have seen such a tremendous impact in my life because I have been able to create such intimate relationships with so many people, right? Like I've created deep friendships that have, that have come from people listening to my different podcasts, let alone the impact it's had on my business, right? Today, right now, my coaching business it, it, most of the individuals that I end up working with are listeners to the show. And so with this podcast, people get to know, like, and trust me. And then we can go and create a coaching engagement together.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so I've seen a huge impact in my life in friendships, relationships, in business, in my own creativity. Because at this point, I've done 270 or 80 episodes of just this show. That's not counting the 260 of doing it at home and all the other shows I've done. So, you know, creating five, six, seven hundred episodes like you got to get creative and i've been able to flex those creativity muscles all over the place it's also helped me to become a better speaker you know i've i've had a lot of practice now hundreds of hours of practice speaking and delivering my message and being clear even though i'm not always concise <laughs> that's one area that i'm like you know what there might be some opportunity there but it's cool i like to talk and I have been able to, to hone those skills here through podcasting. And I mentioned it before, but this show in particular has been a place for me to share and teach and at times process. And that has been tremendous for me. So personally, podcasting has changed my life in so many ways. It has touched just about everything that I do. You know, I never imagine myself being invited to Emory University to speak on birth. Like, what is that? Or, you know, going to Target and walking down the aisles and having people come up and say, oh my gosh, I listened to your guys' show. You know what I mean? Or just being able to, to have such amazing conversations with people, with you, you know, through email, through Instagram, and in real life, like connecting people in real life and you know, it, that's, a, that's because of this medium, which is podcasting. So I'm, yeah, it is, it is absolutely, absolutely impacted my life. So let's talk a little bit about some of the myths because you might be feeling inspired and ready to rock and roll, but then you might have these things in your mind that are like, all right, well, podcasting is, is like really hard, isn't it? Like it's hard or it's super expensive. So there's a couple of, of big myths that I hear all the time. By the way, before I jump into myths, I'm going to be putting on the episode page for this episode, I'm going to be putting the presentation that I deliver for, for businesses on podcasting, and I'm going to be putting up there a free PDF with these podcasting, with podcasting mistakes. So if you want to take us to the next level, go to my website and you can get the free presentation and the free PDF. So go to matthewbivens.com slash start a podcast. matthewbivens.com slash start a podcast. And you can get all the free stuff there. Okay. So the first myth that I hear a lot is podcasting is way too technical for me. You know, when it comes to creating audio content or even video content, a lot of people think that you got to have this elaborate setup, multiple monitors, sound boards, you know, uh, mics and just like plugged ins and all, whatever, all the stuff. And that's not really the case at all. 
Right now, I'm talking to you via a USB microphone that plugs directly into my MacBook computer, or my, my Mac Mini. And that's it. I've got one main piece of gear. Oh, I'm wearing some headphones too, some over-the-ear, like noise-canceling headphones. So this mic cost me about 75 bucks, and even though it's discontinued, the new model that replaced it is about $100, and I'll talk to you about that gear in a minute. But podcasting is not technical. And you know, in 2020, there are so many resources out there for helping you to get your podcast off the ground from an editing standpoint, from different hosts, and all, all sorts of cool things. So podcasting really does not require a whole lot. And whenever I'm working with a new client, the setup that I share with them to grab is, you know, like 150 bucks, And that gets you rocking and rolling. So podcasting is not very technical. It's also not super expensive. Like I just mentioned, you can get a, a solid, like basic entry-level podcasting setup for like 150 bucks. And by setup, I mean the different pieces of equipment. So you'll use a microphone, like I'm talking right now. You'll use, there's a couple of like little attachments for your microphone. One's called a windscreen. One's called a pop filter. They're like two bucks a piece. Then you want a pair of headphones. And sometimes, depending on the show, you might have a portable recorder because I am plugged into my computer right now. But on some shows, you want to be able to go and be mobile. And so you can get a portable recorder, which might be, you know, 100, 200 bucks. It's optional. You don't even need that at all. So the costs of launching a podcast are typically like less than 200 bucks. And you can even cut that down even more. You, you could probably get it for less than 100 bucks, right? There are ongoing costs for launching a podcast. The two big ones are hosting. Where are your audio files going to live? Wherever they live, that's your host. And then editing. How are you going to take this, this raw piece of, of audio and then add the music, add the introductions, cut out any mistakes? That is done in editing. Hosting costs you anywhere from 10, 20, 25 bucks per month. Editing could be anywhere from 10, 20, $50 per episode, depending on which direction you go. And you can also do editing for free. I've been doing my editing for free since day one. Or I'm sorry, I've been doing it myself since day one. And so the only thing that it costs me is my time. So, you know, the, the big myth is that podcasting is super expensive. Part of that is because people think it's very technical and you need all this big setup. Like if you ever walked into or seen a picture of a recording studio or a radio station, like it looks like there's a whole bunch of stuff. That's not the case with podcasting. You just need a simple mic and that's it. The next myth is that podcasting is very hard and that it's unfamiliar and it requires a lot of experience. And to that I say, you know, have you ever tried something new? And yeah, of course you have, right? You've tried something new in your life. At the beginning of that new thing, how many, you know, how often were you 100% proficient and excellent at it? Very, very rarely do you start something brand new and you're just amazing at it. It takes a little bit of time to acquire the skill. Now, podcasting is no different. The skills you need to be effective at podcasting are skills that you can absolutely acquire quickly, right? And it just requires you putting in a little bit of practice. 
But it's like everything else. As you put in a little practice, you get better, you become more confident, you become more excited about what you can now do, your abilities go up, and your quality keeps getting better and better and better. You know, if you went and listened back to the beginning episodes of this show, now four years old, I think the episodes today are way better than the episodes back then. You know, but I keep them all in there because even four years ago, I was kicking it super real and being as honest and authentic as I possibly could. So even though I've I've improved as a speaker and as a host and as, you know, a content creator, I'm still keeping those episodes in there, right? I like seeing my evolution and, I, and they're really quality episodes. So, you know, podcasting is like anything else. It's, it just requires a little bit of, of practice and you get it as you put in the reps. So those are some of the big myths that um, I hear people say and talk about. And, you know, again, they, they're just myths. Podcasting is not technical. It's not super technical at all. It's not super expensive. And even though it might be new, you'll get over the learning curve fast. So now I want to talk to you a little bit about, like, how does, I want to like get into the process. How does a person actually, you know, get into launching a show? And I think the, the best place to start is, like, how does podcasting actually work? You know, like, what, wh- how does my voice that I'm recording here at my home end up on Apple Podcasts or Google or Spotify or Stitcher? And I'm not going to get super, um, I don't want to use the word technical, but like, I'm not going to get too, too technical in this, but I just want to kind of give you a 10,000-foot view as to how it works. So I record my voice at home on my computer, and I save the file onto my computer as an MP3 file, and then I edit that file, and when I'm editing, what I'm doing is I'm adding my introduction music, you know, the music you first heard when you hit play. I'm adding that intro music plus the pre-recorded introduction, the same intro you hear every single week. I add that to the beginning of my recording, and then at the end, I add the outro music and the the disclaimer, all that stuff, I add that at the end. And then I save the file. So then I have this second file, right? The first audio file was just the raw, you know, my raw voice. The second audio file is the final edited file with the music and all that great stuff in it. I take that file and I go over to my host. And my podcast host is the website that stores all of my episodes, right? And there's a number of different hosts out there, and I'll talk about a few of them in a, in a little bit. But what I do is I take that, that, that finalized, final edited file, and I upload it into my host. And once I upload it, I add the title and the description and a couple of other details, and then I hit publish. And once I publish it, that episode goes out to all the other places, to Apple, to Google, to Stitcher, to Spotify, to iHeartRadio, all those places. And I don't have to actually do that myself. All I do is upload my finished file into my host. And because I have shared what's called an RSS feed with Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, when I update my RSS feed in my host, the RSS feed gets updated simultaneously in Apple and all the other places. So the process is cool. I just sit down, do my recording, edit the, the, the recording, upload the file to my host, and it goes out all over the world. 
That's the basic process behind podcasting. That's that's how podcasting works. Cool? That's awesome, right? Like I didn't when I first got started, I really didn't understand how it worked, but when I now that you realize it, it's like, oh, that's not that that's not that difficult. Just record, edit, upload, publish. All right. So when you get into the process of actually launching your podcast, I always, 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 always start with beginning with the end in mind. What is the what do you want to be podcasting for? Like what's the reason for doing this? Because whatever the end goal is, that's going to inform how you structure your show, right? And if you're podcasting for business versus podcasting strictly for pleasure, if you're doing it for some other reason, that is going to inform the type of podcast and what you do with your podcast. So figuring out what your end goal is, is always where I recommend you start. If you don't do that, you can still start a podcast, but you might find at some point that you come up with an end goal and then you have to retroactively change a few things like, you know, like evolve your show a little bit to now fit the new goal. So for example, if you start your show off as just a simple passion, hobby show, something for fun, and then down the road you want to transition it into a business, then you got to do some things to make that transition. It's not always the smoothest and easiest thing to do. So when you begin with the end in mind, it allows you to sort of reverse engineer your way to that point. The next step in the process, and actually by this point, you also want to have thought of what your podcast topic is. Like, what is the topic in general, right? And when you're coming up with your topic, think about something that you can see yourself doing in a year. Like, let's say you're going to do a weekly podcast. And that means in a year, you would have published 52 episodes. What is something that you could see yourself doing? If you started it today, you could see yourself in one year still being excited about doing it. Like, yeah, I could still talk about this topic. I could talk about sneakers and sneaker culture and, you know, stuff like that all day long. I could do it for 50 episodes. I could do it for 500 episodes. All right. Or I could talk about horseback riding for like forever, for hours and hours and hours and hours, for years and years and years. You want to connect and identify that topic that you can just speak to forever because that is really going to influence like the passion and the energy that comes out in your show. So for me, my very first podcast was a marketing show called The Digital Marketing Guy. And again, you may not have known that. That was my first podcast because at the time... I had a marketing agency, and I wanted to use podcasting as a way to connect with potential clients. So I launched this show, you know, did the whole process, got it going. I got to about episode 13 or 14, and I realized that my heart was not in this, and I was having a hard time continuing. And so I made the decision to pull the plug, and I abruptly stopped. And the reason why is because I connected with something that I was far more passionate about. And that was this conversation, having it all. So Digital Marketing Guy came first. And I'm grateful that I, I launched that show because it helped me to realize, ah, you know what? I'm not really passionate about this. And I don't see myself doing this, you know, for a few more episodes, let alone for a few more years. So it, it really helped me to arrive at this point where now here we are four years into having it all. And I'm loving every moment of this experience. So 
that's what you you know you want to be thinking about with your topic. So you got your topic, you've thought through what does the end in mind look like for this topic, and now the next step in the process is to be thinking about what makes your conversation unique. What's your your what's your unique perspective? What is the unique thing that you want to say or bring to the table in the topic that you're talking about? Because yeah, there's going to be other people talking about it, right? And so how can you find your own little niche or carve out your own little section of the, the, the podcast pie? And, you know, it's important to think about because at some point people are going to have to choose between your show and the others in your space or in your category that are similar to yours. And so a real great example of that is with doing it at home. Doing it at home is primarily focused on home birth, people who choose to have their babies at home. And so right there, we differentiate ourselves because there's a lot of birth shows out there. But at the time we launched Doing It at Home, there were zero home birth shows. So if you were a family considering home birth, you had to go to one of the regular birth shows and sort through all their episodes to maybe find a handful that are, were focused on home birth. Or you just did without and you just didn't have any home birth podcasts. So we identified an opportunity. We said, oh, you know what? There's nobody talking specifically about home birth. And we capitalized on it by creating the first of its kind home birth podcast. And so now that show is almost four years old, 260, 70 episodes. So if somebody right now is going to tune in and turn to home birth, they've got a resource specifically for them. And what also makes our show unique is that it is hosted by the two of us. A lot of birth shows are hosted by the mom or hosted by women. I don't know of any other birth show actually that has mom and dad as co-hosts. So that also makes our show unique. So for you, what makes your show unique? Like if you if you like cooking and you want to do a podcast about cooking, what is the unique spin on cooking that you can put on it? Or what's the unique thing that you're going to be able to bring to the table that they'll get from you and that they won't get from anybody else. So it's important to think about that. Next, think about the type of podcast you want to do. There's a lot of different types of shows. So there are solo podcasts where it's just one person talking the whole time. I have a lot of solo episodes, but I also have some interviews. So there's solo podcasts that's just a solo show. Then there's interview shows, of course. There's a ton of interview podcasts out there. It's super popular to do interviews, which is great. Then there's podcasts that are sort of like a panel discussion, like multiple people, sort of like an interview, but you just have you know, multiple guests or co-hosts. Then there are storytelling podcasts. You know, if you've heard of Lore or Startup, those are like storytelling shows. I just listened to one called We Crash. It was about that, that company called WeWork, and it was like a storytelling podcast. Then there's like hybrid shows right? Where you have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. That's what having it all is. That's what doing it at home is. It's like a hybrid show. So what type of show do you want, right? Think about that, right? Again, begin with the end in mind. Do you see yourself potentially doing some interviews or do you see yourself just wanting to talk with, you know, by yourself solo or maybe you and a co-host, right? Or, or maybe it's like a hybrid. What do you see for yourself in terms of the type of podcast? Next up, you want to start thinking about who your ideal listener is. Who is the person that you want to listen to your show, right? Who are you speaking to? 
and who do you want to attract to your podcast? Those are sometimes called personas or avatars. And it's basically this fictional representation of your ideal listener. And you want to understand a few things about them. You want to know their demographic information. You want to know, like, what's their age, how much, you know, what, what part of the country do they live in. And actually, this is, this sort of depends, the demographics that you want to, you want to have clear in your mind. It really depends on the type of show. Like, for me, for example, I'm not, I don't really care where you live because my show reaches everybody. This is not a location-dependent show. But if I was to be talking to, you know, black business owners in Atlanta, then my show, my audience are people who are from Atlanta and I'm going to be, you know, targeting my content towards them. So when you're thinking about who it is you want to connect with and who you want to, who, who do you want to speak to, you're thinking about the demographics that make sense for your show. And then you're thinking about some of their psychographics. Like, what are the things that they want to accomplish? What are their goals? What are their challenges? What are their big pain points that they're experiencing that you are going to have a solution to? What keeps them up at night? You know? And I like to ask this question always. It's like, if you had a magic wand and you could solve the biggest problem for your target audience, what problem would they want you to solve? And so the reason you want to know these things is because it's going to inform your content. It's going to inform, you know, how you deliver your message and, you know, what the message is. It's going to inform so many things about your show because when you're creating a podcast, you're creating it for your listener. Yes, there are aspects of podcasting that, you know, are beneficial to you, but if you only focus on you and you don't think about the listener, you won't connect with on, on, on as deep of a level as you could with the people who are going to tune into your show. So think about, you know, who is this person that is going to be listening to your podcast? So the next step in the process, now you've got your topic, you know, you know, like what, what the niche is or, or what you're going to be focusing on. You have an idea as to what makes you unique, what's your unique spin on it the type of show you're going to be doing, who you're listening or who you're speaking to. The next step is to come up with some topics, right? Like, what do you want to talk about? You know, what are some specific episode topics? And to start thinking in terms of where they're going to be in terms of like how you're going to release or when you're going to release them. Like, what's the calendar for these topics? And so, again, when you're coming up with your topics, you refer back to your persona, and you look at like what is the what are the triggers of the person who is listening to my show right if i if i had a like a ufo conspiracy podcast right then i might be thinking about what is it that that the person listening to my show really wants well they want to understand what's truly going out there and you know and what the government isn't telling us and you know what some of the leading theories are and you know w- w- ways that they can prepare themselves if something were to happen and the aliens come. You know what I mean? Like you got to put yourself in the mind of that person. And then from there, the different topics start to become clear as you're looking at, you know, what are those pain points for their persona? Look at some of the different things that you're seeing that are trending out there. You know, what, what do you already know is being talked about, right? And if you have any sort of data, maybe you have a, a Facebook group or maybe you have a blog and you're considering 
creating a podcast for your brand and you already have your blog, well, then go to your blog and look at what are the most popular blog articles that you've written. Whatever the most popular blog articles are, turn those into podcast episodes. Or if you have a Facebook group and you're making a a podcast for your business, look at the questions that are being asked the most in your Facebook group and then create some episodes around that. So the idea really is to just come up with a huge list of topics, things that you believe your audience is going to um, is going to be want, wanting to hear and listen to, things that are going to resonate with them. And then I always start putting them on the calendar. Oh, and one thing to think about as well is how frequently do you want to publish your content? Every week, every other week, once a month, every day. You know, when you're thinking about the type of show, whether it's a solo or an interview, also think about the frequency. Because then you know that, okay, I need four topics per month if I'm doing a weekly show. Or I need 30 topics per month if I'm doing a daily show. Right? And so that's going to help you when coming up with topics as well. All right. Let's talk a little bit about equipment and setup. Because everything that we just mentioned is sort of the stuff getting you prepared for your show. And now let's get into some of the the hard, the, the I was going to say, like the hardware things, the, the, the things that you actually need. So the three main pieces of equipment you need are microphone, headphones, and editing software. And a microphone, again, a low-end mic can be $50, $60, $70. High-end mic, you could be, you know, three, four, five hundred dollars $500. For the headphones, low-end, you can just use iPhone headphones if you wanted to edit. Like, you could, for sure. Um, and then, you know, high-end headphones can go up to 100 plus, whatever you want to spend. And I also use a mount. So this, um, the microphone that I'm using, it came with a small, like a plastic mount so that, you know, you could, like a, like a stand, like a microphone stand. Um, but I bought a, a beefier one, something a little bit more robust and spent $50 on that. So that's kind of like the hardware, microphone, the headphones, the mount. Those are the big hardware pieces. Again, you don't need a recorder. You don't need a mixer. Those things are optional. You can get them if you want, but you don't absolutely need them. On the software side of things, for editing, I use a free program called GarageBand. It is comes pre-installed on my Mac and my MacBook. And so I use GarageBand. I've always used GarageBand. I love it, and it's free, so I really love it. There's another free program called Audacity. And that is for PCs. You can go to Google, type in Audacity, A-U-D-A-C-I-T-Y, and you'll see it pop up. And then you can also pay for for different programs. One popular program that's um, a paid program is called Adobe Audition. So those are the, the software that you need. Now, the setup is pretty simple. Again, with the mic that I have right now, my headphones are plugged into the bottom of my microphone. And this is a USB microphone. So there's a cord that's plugged into my mic that plugs into the USB on my computer. So I literally have mic, I have, excuse me, headphones into mic, mic into computer. And that's the setup I'm using right now as I'm recording this. If I were to say record in my car, or maybe I wanted to record when I was walking, it would be headphones into mic, and then mic into portable MP3 recorder, right? Or my portable device. 
if I wanted to use my mixer, I've got one. I'm looking at it here on the side. I'm looking at like a tangle of wires because audio engineering is not my thing and I still have not figured out how to fully use this mixer. But if I were to use it, my headphones would probably go into the mixer, my mic would go into the mixer, and my mixer would be connected to my computer. But again, that's a little more complicated and for a beginner setup, you don't need that. So that's your basic setup right there. Next step in the process is to identify your music and to create your podcast cover art, create your little graphic. So there's a, a number of different places to get music from and you know, you can there's different types of music. You can get royalty-free music. That's music where you pay for a license. It's like a song somebody else makes and you can you can essentially buy it, pay for a license to use it. Then there's Creative Commons music. That's free music, but you have to give um, credit to the person who created it. And then there's public domain music. That's like music that's just out in the public domain that anybody can use. Um, I use what's called royalty-free. This is the first option I mentioned. So there's a couple of websites you can go to, and they have a whole bunch of music, and you can purchase a license to use it. And so I've done that with all the shows that I've produced. Royalty-free music. I go, I spend, you know, 30, 40 bucks on a, on a song, and then it's my song to use in my podcast, and I can edit and chop it up and do whatever I want to it. So that's how I get my music. And actually, one of the, the folks that I helped launch her show, um, they were on Monday's episode, Bill and Nancy Jameson from Sex, Money, and Real Estate. Um, they used a song from a group out there that a friend of ours, 3D The Boss. They make some really cool pop music, like cardio pop music, super empowering, really awesome messages. And Bill and Nancy used their music in their podcast. So you can always make your own, right? Or if you have access to, to, uh, to musicians, you can have them make some music for you. Uh, I'm not going to go over the websites. Well, I'll just mention them real quick. Audio Jingle, Premium Beat, Pond5, those are places you can go to find music and... Um, if you, again, if you go to my website, you can grab this, uh, this download. So matthewbimmons.com slash start a podcast. And you'll see, you know, in this, in this PDF or in this presentation, you'll see those links in there. All right. So for your podcast graphic, first thing that I always do is that if I'm, when I'm coming up with a new show, if I don't have an idea immediately in my head, like this is exactly what the music is going to look like, or excuse me, the graphic is going to look like, then I just go to iTunes or right now it's called Apple Podcasts. I go to Apple Podcasts and I kind of search around and see what people are doing and see if any ideas pop out. Once I have an idea, I typically go to Canva, C-A-N-V-A. Canva is a place where you can create graphics. Oh, excuse me. You can create graphics on Canva. And so I have created almost all of my podcast graphics myself. So it's free if you do it for yourself, right? So if you create your own using Canva or maybe Photoshop, then graphics are free. You can also go to Fiverr. I have a client who has gone to Fiverr to get all her podcast logos made, and she gets them made for five bucks. So that's F-I-V-E-R-R. -R. Then there's other places you can go. 99designs is one spot. It's a design website, and it's you know, a little bit um, more expensive. And Upwork.com, it's where freelancers are. You can hire a graphic designer to do whatever you want. So, you know, you can get your graphic either on the free side of the spectrum or on the paid side of the spectrum, whatever you want. So by now you've got your music and your graphic, you know what you're gonna talk about, you know who you're talking to, you know what makes your show unique, you have a topic that you really dig. Now it's time to get recording. 
And so at this point, I always recommend doing a number of test episodes until you feel comfortable. So get behind the mic, pick one of your topics, and record with zero intention of publishing it. Zero. And do that as many times as you need until you're feeling like comfortable with it. And some people that's like one or two episodes, some people that's 10. But whatever you need, just record and do some trials and kind of get, get the, those jitters out. So then when you sit down behind the mic to do a real recording, you know, there's, you want to make sure of a couple things. And I can't tell you, like, I think every podcaster who's been doing it for a long time has done an entire episode and forgotten to hit record. Yeah. It's one of those terrible things. You're like, oh, no. Oh, no. I actually was, was being interviewed, and we did a 30-minute interview. At the end of it, the guy realized he never hit record. So that was interesting. And the way to avoid that experience is to have a pre-record checklist, which I have in the presentation. So you can see it in there and just make sure that you do these things to before you hit record that can ensure that you get an actual recording that you can actually use. So with editing, I'm going to go over this real quick. You know, you can do editing yourself and it's free if you do it yourself or you can hire somebody, and again, it could be 10, 15, 20, 30, 50 bucks per episode, really, whatever. You know, there, there might be some bells and whistles that go along with that on the higher end of things. Um, and in terms of editing time, again, you can go very, very minimal editing, which is what I do, very little editing, to full-blown, we're going to comb through the entire episode and pull out all little mistakes, all ums, uhs, ands, all that stuff and pull it all out. So your editing time could be you know, 30 minutes for a show like mine where it's just getting things up there, trimming, adding music, yada, yada. Or it could be 10 plus hours, which is like an NPR show. It's all up to you. It's all up to you and what you're trying to do with your podcast. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. All right, let's talk a little bit about hosting. I mentioned hosting early on when I kind of went through how podcasting works. And hosting is one of those areas that can create a lot of um, intimidation in people, discomfort, because it sounds technical and confusing, but it really isn't. So a podcast host is a, a service that stores your files. It hosts your files. And it provides you with, what I said earlier, an RSS feed. An RSS feed. So that feed, and it's, it's literally like a URL... You can copy and paste it in your browser. When you open it up, it just looks like a whole bunch of code. That feed, the RSS feed, has all the information about your podcast. And it contains all the information about your show, all the different episodes, all that stuff. And you share that RSS feed with the different podcast directories or podcast players. Apple Music, you know, or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all those places. And so... The way that it works is you would set up an account with your host. You would, 
you know, add your show, your, your overall podcast title and description and do all that stuff. And then you would add your individual episodes, you know, put a couple episodes in there. Then you would take your RSS feed and one time only, you only have to do this once, one time only you'll set up an account with Apple, set up an account with Google, set up an account with Stitcher and Spotify and Pandora. And you share your RSS feed within those accounts. And you only have to do it once. Because once Apple Podcast has your RSS feed, that's it. You're, you're cool, right? And you never have to go in there and, and do any updates because all your updates happen in your host. So that's what's really awesome about these hosting services. And, you know, they store all your episodes. If you ever have to edit anything, it's, it's right there. And they give you stats so you can see how many downloads you're receiving, where they're coming from, what device they are, they are on. And, you know, it's your, your podcast host, like I spend a lot of time in there because I do a bunch of different shows. And um, so there's a lot of different options out there for hosting. I'm not really going to go into all the different options. You can do a Google search and, you know, find different options. But um, I use one called Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N. Um, at the time of recording this in April of 2020, uh, I'm looking into another one for a client of mine called Buzzsprout. And I've heard some pretty cool things about Buzzsprout. Um, but there's a lot of different hosting platforms out there. Um, Libsyn and another one called Blueberry, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y, Blueberry. Um, they are two of the bigger ones and the ones that have been around the longest. But again, there's a lot of different options out there for, for your host. So at this point, you've been recording episodes and... You haven't quite launched the podcast yet. There's a difference between recording and launching. So I always recommend that you launch your podcast. And by launch, I mean that's the day that it goes live and you can announce it to the world. I recommend that you announce your podcast and it goes live once you have one month worth of episodes finished. And I have this, this strategic way that I launch a podcast. I launch it with three episodes on the day that it goes live. So let's say that I said, all right, having it all is going to go live. I'm going to officially announce that the podcast is live on January 1. So on January 1, I would publish three episodes of having it all. And let's say I determined that having it all was going to be a weekly show. So on, ep on January 1, the world is introduced to having it all, and there are three episodes to listen to. Then, two days later, I would just drop two more episodes. So now there's five episodes within the first week. Then I would wait. And the next week, I would start publishing on the day of the week that I established. So for this show, it's Tuesdays. So then I would start on week two, I would do my one episode on a Tuesday. And then I would wait a week. And I'd do another episode on a Tuesday. And I would wait a week and do a final episode on a Tuesday for that first month. So that means there's eight episodes in one month. Therefore, before you launch, you want to have a month worth of content complete. That means you want to have eight episodes complete. The reason why I launch with three on the launch day and two a couple days later is because people like to binge. And if somebody digs your show, they're going to want to listen to more than one. And so you want to give them a, a solid number of, of episodes to listen to right off the bat. And Apple and Google and all those places, they like to see activity 
with your show, meaning I like to see people downloading and people checking out new episodes. So that's why I do three on the launch day and then two, two days later, just to keep the, the activity happening um, with your podcast. So it kind of signals to those different directories that, hey, there's something cool happening with this show. Maybe we should you know, look at it or consider bumping it up the charts, stuff like that. So leading up to your launch day, in this case with having it all, like leading up to January, January 1, I'm going to be telling people, hey, I got a show coming out. I'm going to be emailing my list. Hey, this show's dropping January 1. Check it out. I'm going to be posting on Facebook and letting my friends and family know. And then on the day that it launches, I'm going to literally go and ask my friends and family, hey, will you go rate and review and subscribe to this show? And, you know, you might get a little, a little direct, like asking for those, those subscriptions and ratings and reviews. But what it does is as you gain more subscribers, that's another signal to Apple and Google that your show is popular and gaining popularity. And they want to feature and highlight popular shows. So if Google is seeing, Google Podcasts is seeing that more and more folks are subscribing to your podcast, then they're going to consider featuring your show because in every category, Google or Apple, whoever it is, it shows the top podcasts in that category. So right now, if you're on your iPhone, you can open it up and look at the top podcasts in health, for example, or top podcasts in kids and family. And so you can make it to those lists. And you know nobody knows exactly what the special formula is. You know, is it likes or is it, is it downloads? Is it subscriptions? Is it rate? Nobody knows exactly because those companies... You know, keep that close to the chest. I'm not trying to let everybody know. But one of the things that definitely impacts it is having folks subscribe and having people listen regularly. So I always recommend having a great, you know, promotion plan leading up to the launch and then a great plan <clears throat> on the day of the launch as well to get that excitement up. So, you know, at this point, you got your show rocking and rolling and People want to always know, like, all right, how, how does this thing grow? Like, what's the secret? What do I need to be doing? And I tell them, you know what? There's no real secret formula. You got to make sure that you're doing the right things. You know, all the stuff that I just outlined in this process. You got to make sure you're being consistent. Remember, so many people pod fade. That's when shows just, you know, peter out after a period of time. That's what happened to Digital Marketing Guy. I just quit it. I was like, I was done. But that was a reason because I wasn't feeling it. But a lot of folks, a lot of shows will just not be consistent and slowly over time they go away. So the secret formula really is just making sure you're doing the right things by creating content that you, you know and believe your audience is really going to enjoy. By being consistent. By being patient. You got to be patient. There's no overnight success in anything. There definitely is not an overnight success in podcasting. Like, you can shoot up and gain popularity quick, but you know, I always, for myself, one of my end goals was just playing the long game. Like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna lock into this thing for five, ten years. If I can do that from the very launch, then cool, I can have a lot of patience because I don't have to see incredible results because I'm playing the long game. And then listen to your audience. What do they want? What are, what are the people that you're you're speaking to want to hear from you? What do they want to see from you? That's why I ask you 
reach out to me. Tell me your topics. You know, I want to keep this show super relevant for you. And the way that I can do that, because I'm not in your head, the way that I do that is I ask you to share with me what you want. And so as a listener, I give suggestions to my favorite shows anytime they ask. Anytime. Part of it is that I think it's a way of giving back, you know, because this, this content is free. And so if I can help these shows out, then by giving ideas, that's, I totally do it. And sometimes they actually listen to my ideas. And, how, and I might, you know, see or hear my, my question being read on air or something like that. And to be honest, that was what I always went into with having it all as one of my competitive advantages. I said, you know what? I have the desire and the ability to engage with any and everybody that is going to tune into my show. And I remember early on seeing some of the other people in this space, this personal development space, who had millions upon millions of downloads every month. And I wasn't at that level. But I understood that you can't possibly respond to everybody when you have a million downloads a month. You just can't do that. But I was like, you know what? I can. I can connect with people if I'm at the tens of thousands of downloads a month. right? Because I understand how the percentages work. Not everybody's going to reach out to me. And so ever since day one, it was like, all right, let's connect. And I feel very, very happy with the, the, my consistency and you know, my ability to connect with you and have conversations with you and, and really turn this into a community where you are heard. And if you give me suggestions, I do episodes on them. If you want to see something change, I highly, highly consider it. A lot of times you'll see the change happen. So I think listening to the audience is such an important piece because, you know, for me, I make this content for you guys. I make it for you. And therefore, if you want to see something or you don't want to see something, I always, always, always want to hear that because the show's for you. So that's the secret formula. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Now, a couple more things before we wrap us up. I love how this episode's going hour plus. That's this podcasting. I talk about this forever. Um, let's talk about monetization real quick because I'm sure part of you, you know, you might be thinking, how do you make money from this thing? Well, there are five primary ways to monetize a podcast. And not all of them are going to be for every show. And the one that I highly recommend may not be the thing that you're thinking about. So, in my opinion, the absolute best way to monetize a podcast is by selling your own products and services. Sell your own stuff. It's the best way to monetize a podcast because you can begin monetizing immediately. When I launched Digital Marketing Guy and I had dozens of listeners, I was generating business from that podcast. Yeah, dozens of listeners, I was getting clients. Because I was selling my own services. Anything that I taught, I would say, hey, if you need help with this, let me know. And people would get in touch with me. So the best way to monetize is to sell your own products and services. Another way to monetize is what so many people look at first, and that's advertising or sponsors. And that can be a great way to monetize. But what I have experienced by working with a lot of advertisers and having sponsors is that, you know, they want to know your numbers. A lot of them only want to work with shows of a certain size. So if you don't meet their download requirements, they won't even consider you. 
you know? So if you're not getting, you know, 5,000 downloads per episode in a 30, 30 day period, then they're like, nah, we're, we're cool. We're going to go on to another show. And so that's really what it comes down to if you're doing advertising. They want either big numbers or they want a super niche audience. And I've had that experience. I've had both experiences, right? With doing it at home, it's so niche that if anybody has a home birth product, of course they're going to advertise with us because we have a super niche audience and a very niche show, even if our numbers may not be as high as they want. Because if it's more niche, then that means there's potential more for more engagement. So advertising and sponsorships is the second way people look to monetize. Number three that I talk about is affiliate relationships. Now, affiliate relationships is pretty cool. That's where you take somebody else's product and you promote their product. And anytime one of your listeners buys, you get a little cut. So let's say... Let's see. Let's say I am promoting Apple computers. That's why I'm looking at an Apple computer right now. And I said, hey, if you go and, you know, use my special code, you know, go to apple.com, use the code having it all. And if people use that code, then Apple would shoot me some money back, right? They would give me like 10, 15% or whatever. That's an affiliate relationship. And you can get started with those from the very beginning, right? And there's a lot of ways to, to create affiliate relationships There are websites out there like affiliate marketplaces where companies put up their products and say, hey, go sell this. If you sell this, we're going to give you a cut. And so you can just go on there and and check them out. Um, Or you can can do what Sarah and I have done and just create some great relationships with people who have cool stuff to sell and promote it. So on doing it at home, we've had several guests who have online courses or different products that help pregnant women. And so we are their affiliates and we might shout out so-and-so's course. And if any of our listeners buy their course, we get a cut. So affiliate relationships are a great way to monetize a podcast if you want to go that direction. The last two are listener donations. So that's where you probably heard this. Other shows will say, hey, you know, if you want to support our show, go to Patreon. That's the big place to, to, to go and do it. Patreon. And um, folks will do that. They'll donate. You know, if you've listened to NPR radio, not not their podcast, but their radio, then you are familiar with a donation drive. So a number of podcasts out there are are funded through donations. And that's how they monetize. And then number five is a membership site. You know, you can take the the the, the content to the next level and create some exclusive content. So I could you know, and I've I've thought about this, right? Like it would be you know, here's your having it all, you know, on Tuesdays. And then if you want to have even deeper content or even deeper conversations, become, you know, a member, then you'd pay X number of dollars per month. And so that's a lot of podcasters do that. They create a membership site and they give away the podcast for free. And then you can go into the membership site and get, you know, even deeper uh, context or even more information. So those are the five primary ways that you can monetize a podcast. And again, Number one way for me is to sell your own products and services. All right, I want to run through some of these podcast mistakes real quick. And again, um, this PDF is a separate PDF, and you can get it on my website as well, matthewbibbins.com slash start a podcast. And the first mistake is not having a clear end goal in mind. So we already talked about that. You got to get clear as to what your end goal is. It's going to inform so many things about your show. So 
If you don't know, then just pause, you know, and think about what would you like this show to do? What impact do you want your podcast to make? And, you know, write it down. The next mistake is making it about you. Because again, your show is 100% for your listeners, right? It is not about you. And so you got to know who your listener is and what they really want in order for you to be able to make the show about them. The number three mistake is underestimating the time commitment because there is a time commitment. You're creating a piece of content. And so anytime you create a piece of content, you know, there's stuff to do beforehand and stuff to do afterwards. So like with this episode, before I jumped on the mic, I put together some notes and I had an outline for what I wanted to do. And then after I'm done recording, I need to go edit and then publish this episode. So there's a time commitment and sometimes people just underestimate it. Now, if you have the resources, I highly recommend you outsource a lot of that stuff. You know, you can outsource your editing, you can outsource your publishing. And again, if you have the resources, really consider it because that can keep you focused on what you do best, which is deliver the content. The number four mistake is lacking consistency, starting and then stopping, starting and then stopping, or not being consistent on the same day a week that you publish. People are going to come to know and like, you know, they're, they're going to come to expect that you publish on a certain day of the week. So you definitely want to be consistent there. Number five mistake is failing to build up a healthy backlog. What that means is you launch your podcast with no episodes already pre-recorded. So that would look like you have a weekly show and you launch your show and now you have no episodes and now you're like, you got to scramble each week to, to put an episode together. I said it, you know, back in that, in that part of the conversation, but when you are putting together your launch, I recommend having a month of episodes in the can. So whatever you can do to keep a healthy backlog, do it. It's going to save you so much stress because it gets stressful if you don't have an episode and you know that your audience is expecting one. And let me tell you, because that happens to me, right? Like this episode, admittedly, is being recorded on the day that I'm publishing it. That's why I'm that's why it's dropping later in the evening when normally my episodes drop like super super early in the morning is because I didn't have a backlog and the day got away from me and you know it is what it is. So having a nice backlog in place allows you to be able to stay ahead of the ahead of the game. Mistake number 6 is believing that if you just build it that people are going to come. It doesn't work that way, you know? Like you have to do some promotion. You got to let people know that your show exists. You can't just put it out there and then expect to have all these these high downloads. So you got to make sure that your content is great, that you, you're, you're making content that's relevant and desired by the people you want to target. And you got to make sure that you're going out and promoting your episodes and, you know, sharing stuff on social media and sending them to your email list or telling your friends and family. You got to let folks know that your content is out there. Otherwise, people aren't just going to stumble across it. And the last mistake, and this one is really for you know, business owners or somebody who, who's, who wants to do podcasting, not necessarily as a hobby, but it's just like checking your numbers all the time. You don't have to check your numbers every day. You don't have to see how many downloads do I have, right? Like that will drive you crazy because it's not going to allow you to, to just be patient and play that long game. You're like, what are my numbers today? What are my numbers today? What are my numbers today? And if they aren't moving in a certain direction, it's easy to get frustrated. So that's one of the big mistakes that I see people make all the time. 
Just checking those numbers. Always. Okay. So the last things I really want to say about podcasting, you know, just some some pro tips. I like to to approach podcasting with this what I call the repurposing state of mind. So how can I get more out of my podcast content? And especially if you're doing this for business as a way to support your organization or your business, you want to repurpose this content. So that means if you publish a podcast, how can you turn that podcast into a video? How can you turn that podcast into a blog? How can you turn that into, you know, five or 10 different social media audio clips that you can use over the course of a week or a month? You want to take that one piece of content and turn it into as many different things as you possibly can. That is having a repurposing frame of mind. And when you have that, it really does help your show go further. It helps you to have more touch points with your potential audience, more ways for people to engage, and it can help with growth. There's a lot of shows out there that have done this, by the way. You know, I mentioned Lore. That's kind of like a scary story, like a true scary story podcast. Well, they have created, I believe they created a book, but I know they created a TV show because I watched it. So they repurposed their podcast into a TV show. There's also a lot of podcasts that have turned their show, their podcast, into a book. So they repurposed interviews and turned it into a book. So that's how you do it if you're being smart. You can also use your podcast as a way to connect with people you really want to connect with. So if it's in business, you can use it as like a foot in the door. Maybe in your business, you work with, you know, C-suite executives. So you start a podcast where you're interviewing C-suite executives, and now you have a foot in the door. You can say, hey, you know, so-and-so, why don't you come on my show and let's do an interview? And then boom, right there, you, you, you are now in communication with that person. You could potentially make a relationship with them. So that's one of like the more savvy ways to use a podcast to connect with people that you really want to connect with. Another tip that I, I like to say is something that I do, and that's give away your secret sauce for free. Right? A lot of businesses, they don't want to give away the secret sauce. You know, like Coca-Cola doesn't want to give away their recipe. Everybody will copy it. But in the world of content and information, content marketing, give it away. Give it away. Because ultimately, people are going to pay you not for, for what you do. They're paying you for what you know. I could tell you, and th- like this is, this, this is so relevant for this show. I can tell you the steps to go and create your abundant loving life. I can tell you every single step to having it all. I can and I have broken down the process that is in my, my blueprint course, the process that I do when I'm working with somebody one-on-one. But there's a big difference between having that information and then knowing how to use it or having somebody work with you to utilize it and get the most from it. Those are two very different things. So I'm all for just sharing all the information, sharing it, sharing it, sharing it. You know, for me, that's me living in abundance. I don't have to be scarce and say, let me hold on to this information because if I give it away, then, you know, somebody won't hire me or somebody won't buy the thing. No, I don't give everything away. I believe in giver's gain. Right? I'm going to give, 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 and then I know it's going to come back to me, and it always has. It always does. So I'm all for giving away your secret sauce, and I found that some of the shows that are most successful, particularly the ones that are you know, more business-related shows or 
you know, their end in mind is to support a business or a brand, the ones that are more successful are the ones who don't hold back. They give it away. Because what that does is it builds trust. It builds trust. If I'm seeing and hearing you give away the secret sauce, I'm like, oh my goodness. You know, it, it endears me to that to that person or that brand and helps me to, to, to gain trust in them and also helps me to see that they're an expert. I'm like, wow, they're breaking down the process. That's a really complicated process. They must know their stuff. Shoot, I'm going to hire them because they're going to be able to help me get my results faster than I can get them. So give away your secret sauce. The last little tip, I've already said it, but it's worth saying again, those with patience and consistency always win. If you can be patient, if you can play the long game, and if you can just show up consistently, you will win in podcasting and in life, but definitely in podcasting. So, whew, that was a lot of information. That was a lot of information. I, I It's funny, I... I um, I initially was thinking this is going to be a one-part episode, but who knows? Maybe it'll be two parts. I'll make that decision in uh, post-production when I'm editing. So if this is a two-parter, then uh, there you go. This will be two parts. Otherwise, it'll be a single-part single episode. But there's so many cool things in podcasting, and I really did want to give you all a a 10,000-foot view on the entire process. That's why this took so long is because I downloaded a whole lot of information into your brains over the last hour-plus. Uh, but but podcasting really it's like it's worth sitting down and thinking through those different things and and doing the planning and all that. It is so worth it because the feeling of having a show that you know people tune into and like folks are excited to listen to you like that is the coolest thing in the world. It is the coolest feeling in the world, and I I love it so much. Like, I am such a fan of creating podcasts, you know, to the point where I have to stop myself from developing brand new show ideas. Like, I was flirting with doing a show for fathers, and I'm like, ah, I gotta, I got, I got, I got, I got enough, I got enough cool things I'm working on. I don't know if I can do another one. But that's just how much I enjoy getting behind a mic, sharing, sharing stories, you know, speaking my voice opening up, having cool conversations. It's just so fulfilling and so rewarding. And I am very grateful that my business partner, Jim, introduced me to podcasts. So Jim, if you're listening, man, thank you. Thank you so much. You absolutely you know, introduced me to something that has changed my life 110% and has allowed me to have some really, really incredible conversations, really tremendous opportunities. And um yeah, it's it's beautiful. So if you want more podcast information, if you want me to do another episode or a live stream or a webinar or whatever, let me know. I would love to do that. Email me at Matthew at MatthewBivens.com or go to Instagram, Matthew underscore Bivens, and just let me know like, hey, this is what I would like to learn. Or if you have some specific questions, let me know what your specific questions are and I might even do a follow-up that's just podcast Q&A, right? Whatever it is, I'm here for you. I want to serve and just continue to provide value. All right, everybody. Oh, and lastly, you know, again, this is a great time right now. Like, it's April 3rd, 2020. We're probably going to be on the stay-at-home order through the end of the month. So you got a month to work on launching a show. And 
that was another reason. Like, that's why I wanted to talk about this at the end of having it all week, because you, whatever is on your mind, whatever your passion is, whatever it is, like you have a chance to flex that and exercise that and express that right now. Right. And a podcast is a really tremendous way to do that. So I highly, highly, highly consider you um, or recommend that you consider doing a podcast. So, okay. This has been a lot of fun. I'm going to go hang out with my queen and relax a little bit and just soak it all up. Be, uh, be present and grateful for everything. I'm very grateful for you and uh, appreciate you hanging out with me tonight. My name is Matthew Bivens, and here is to you having it all. Quick note about the Having It All podcast. I am not a doctor nor a licensed therapist. I'm a guy with a story and a passion for conscious conversation. My thoughts, opinions, and beliefs are my own. So please consult with your doctor or healthcare provider regarding any questions or issues you have related to your personal, physical, or mental health. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.